0: Subscribe to this podcast to get exclusive access to the after-show shooting the breeze. Welcome to the cool Explorations podcast. This is your host Tony Peters. Today we will be talking to Rick Delarada of Jazz for Peace, and he's going to tell us a little bit about what they do at Jazz for Peace, uh, and as well about their uh, ministry in Pakistan. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing about what he has to say. And I hope. Uh, You'll enjoy listening to it, uh, and he can be found at jazzforpeace.org. So today we have Rick Delarada. He is from Jazz for Peace, and uh, they are going to just explain a little bit about uh, himself first, but also with the organization, and then uh, he's going to play something for us uh, called Joshua's Song. Is that the song you're flying to play? It is. Yeah, perfect. Excellent. So uh, I'd love to hear about that as well, about the song. So go right ahead.
1: Okay, so um, you know uh. Uh, Jazz for Peace really started as a, um, a poem, um, Tony, and um, uh, it, it was written, believe it or not, on 9-11, uh, and it was written watching the events of 9-11. I was living a qu- less than a quarter of a mile away from the World Trade Center at the time. Uh, it's kind of a place in New York called the East Village and it's you know it's like i said you can see you, you could see from your window for me i went up on the roof of my building and i was watching the events and um you know it was unprecedented i'd never seen anything like like that in my life and uh, the only thing i that i could do was write a poem that's the only thing was my only response to what i saw were words that just came out of my heart and i just wrote them down on a piece of paper and then I decided, well, you know, I've written these words down. Um, I've heard the message, you know, that, that we've, you know, of, of spirituality and the message of, of Christianity and of Christ and, of you know, the Bible. I was a church organist. Um, you know, I've, I, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, maybe now that I have written these words down, it's time to live up to those words and actually walk the walk instead of, you know, only talking the talk for the most part, which is what most people seem to do. So I've spent the rest of my life just trying to live up to those words that I wrote on that piece of paper on that fateful morning. Um, the song that I'm going to play for you is actually a, a song that I was asked to write for uh, an author who had written a series of books um, called Joshua. The first one was just called Joshua. Um, and then it became Joshua and the children and Joshua in the, you know, in the, in the Holy land and all these different titles that just expanded, uh, into many different languages all over the world. And this is actually Joshua's song. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit of a free improvisation in front of that. It's a little kind of theme I've been doing that makes every podcast different. This is called free J A. And it's a kind of thing that is just, uh, I I don't know what it is because I'm going to make it up and then I'm going to go into Joshua's song. (laughs) And so that it, it makes every, if someone wants to hear what, what the, you know, the free improvisation that I did, that it all has the same title from, from that, from your podcast, they have to come here. And what I hope it does is I hope it brings people from other podcasts to your podcast and people from your podcast to others, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. share the. Mm-hmm.
2: The light, of peace a place to start. Joshua, of
0: That was beautiful. Thank you. Um. So, what's the story behind that song?
1: Um. Well. So. So. This priest had. Uh, he. He was a priest, a Catholic priest. He had. Uh, he left the priesthood, and he had written this song. He'd written this book called Joshua, and it was. It was. Um. Uh. What kind of what would happen if Christ were alive today? What would he be like? What. What would he you know, what, what could you expect if uh, a Christ-like figure or if, you know, Christ were to be here today with us? And um, the book, he started selling them off the back of his um, kind of a pickup truck. And people were just buying the book, and the book kind of took off. And uh, eventually he got a, a publishing deal with Macmillan Publishing. And the book really, uh, um, he had been our, uh, funny thing was, he had been our church priest before this book. And so, you know, our family used to go to hear him say mass at church when I was a kid. And um, so, so and he used to come to our house uh, every Thursday for dinner. So um, anyway, this book takes off. And um, I was going to school at New England Conservatory. And, and I get a call from my mother. And my mother says, you know, uh, Ricky, could, could you please write a song for... Uh, for, for for this book for, for you know for Joshua, for the book you know and I'd had a copy of the book and I said okay mom I'll, you know I'll do that for you I'm, I get, you know you can't turn down a request from your mother right <laughs> um, so I mean really uh, the call came from my mother so that was that was you know that was enough for me if she had whatever she had said if you write a song for anything I would have wrote it but I uh, decided to write uh, you know I wrote the song that she asked for and I said okay mom here you go I wrote it and next thing I know, uh, there was a, a choir singing it all over the country, um, and uh, the um, you know the 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 whole thing grew with the Joshua books. They became it actually became a movie, believe it or not. Um, I don't know if you saw Amadeus. Did you ever see the movie Amadeus? I haven't seen it. No. Oh, okay, that's a great movie about Mozart. I think you would enjoy that. Or anyone would enjoy. It. I recommend that to anyone because the story of Mozart is kind of fascinating. Um, anyway. One of the stars of Amadeus, actually, the, the guy who played um, uh, Salieri, who was Mozart's kind of arch enemy, uh, he actually was one of the actors in the movie Joshua. Uh, it could have been called Joshua and the Children. I'm not sure. But it became a movie. But it was a whole series of books. I mean, we're talking about at least 10 different books. Um, They started to be there in many languages and they sold, you know, all over the world. Anyway, this book, Joshua, that I wrote this song for outsold every book in Macmillan Publishing except for Old Man and the Sea by Ernest Hemingway.
0: Hmm. That's a pretty good accomplishment.
1: Yeah, quite an accomplishment, uh, especially for a faith-based book of, of yeah. that, you know, like that. Um, I, I, it was funny because I was actually invited by Macmillan Publishing to a dinner in New York City once uh, before I was even living in New York City. And, um, you know, uh, because they were putting on some sort of a little celebration for the, I don't know, however million, many millionth book that was sold or something like that.
0: So what about your own testimony? What, what does that look like?
1: Um, my own testimony, so now would that be me personally or something?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. And when you say testimony, do you mean, uh, could you be a little more specific? Like,
0: like what is your life come from? What's what does your name? life looked like? And, and how's God kind of played a role in, in your life?
1: Okay. So basically, um, you know, as you probably, as I've already alluded to, I uh, grew up, you know, with um, you know, very much in you know, a religious background. Uh, my mother was the organist in, a ch- in the church, and um, she ended up kind of dumping that onto me as I started to excel uh, musically. So I, I was a church organist. I, I played many, ma- you know, I played many masses. Uh, you know, I would play in the band somewhere on Saturday night and on Sunday morning, I'd have to get up early and play, you know, four masses, you know, at the church. So I, I was hearing, uh, a lot, uh, you know, the things of the Bible and all that. Uh, I wasn't really seeing what I was hearing. So I'm hearing the Bible telling you this and telling you that, and it all sounded great. It all made sense. Uh, you know, the, the words and the, and the stories and, and the, uh, Almost the advisory that you were receiving from the messages from that. uh, They sounded wonderful, but you don't always see them when you, you know, like in between from Sunday to Sunday, you don't see as much, you know. Then you come back and you hear it again, and then you go back out in the world and you don't see much of it again. And it's kind of a repeating and repeating. It seemed a little hypocritical to me, uh, and it kind of disturbed me. Um, but when I started, you know, when I got to the point where I was old enough to, you know, hey, it's it's about time, you know, when are you going to, at some point or other, you got to be who you really are, we're meant to be, you know, from a higher power. Um, you know, so, so when I wrote that poem, I decided from this day forward, you know, I'm going to live Sunday all the way through Sunday. I'm going to try to, you know, all those days are going to be Sunday. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not just going to listen to these words on Sunday. And then you know, go into some other reality and then pick up again, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like this, this crazy kind of thing. So, um, uh, so, so I, I started to, to do that. And I actually, interestingly enough, I found myself in Africa where I was in a very big church and they asked me to come up and speak. And I, they wanted me to just give a, a speech. And I basically told the people that, you know, um, I think it's very important that we don't just talk, they talk You know, in a a church, I mean, we should do that every Sunday uh, to to remind ourselves and strengthen our faith, but we need to really walk the walk from Sunday to Sunday. Um, Now, from there, though, you have music, which is music is a very spiritual uh, journey in itself because um, artistically, uh, the music really comes through you. So you're more of a conduit. You're more or less allowing the music to flow through you, especially uh, in jazz and improvisation, if you are truly improvising. So um, there's a trust in the universe. There's a, a you know, there, there, there's spiritual aspects to uh the the journey of music in general and now with jazz for peace we've combined that uh we do basically anything that you see in jazz for peace where people go to our website which is jazzforpeace.org or they go to the areas where you can find information about our empowerment tree things like that uh that's actually um i think it's jazz a word jazzforpeace.wordpress.com it's a wordpress site but anyway um These areas where you can learn about Jazz for Peace, it really comes from uh, the Bible, the kind of ideas of of multiplying, of empowerment, of enlightenment, um, things of that nature, enriching oneself internally, uh, not just externally. Um, All these things, really, everything that you can find in Jazz for Peace, you can find in the Bible, including separating the wheat from the chaff. So what we do at Jazz for Peace, we have a benefit concert series and um, you know, we believe that um, you know, the way to peace now is to help the most outstanding causes. If you can identify them, uh, and they're truly committed to their mission, and you help them, you're not only benefiting them, but you're benefiting all of their outreach, whoever they are serving. And then by benefiting every, whoever they are serving, you're not only addressing a problem now, but you are also uh, hopefully stopping a problem that's on the way. Uh, because a lot of these organizations, uh, you know, they they have shortfalls in, in achieving their mission and that leads to other problems.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, so when you went about starting your organization, how did you how did you do that? And uh, what kind of kickstarted it for you?
1: Well, uh, you know, here's what happened. Uh, basically, uh, I, I'm up there. I have a poem. Now, the the city was locked down from 9-11 until around the 20th or something. I mean, the whole country was locked down. Uh, they finally opened up airline flights just in time for me to get to a jazz festival that I was headlining at in Savannah, Georgia. And um, this jazz festival had 8,500 people attending, and I was the headline act. Um, it was, you know, I, I was on a... A, a nice little thing before, you know, this crazy, uh, attack, ha- or this crazy, you know, d- uh, thing happened with the world trade. And, um, you know, that's kind of shook up everything. And you can either, uh, you know, you can either address it constructively or destructively, you know, depending on, on what you want to do. Um, for me, it looked like a bad thing because it was really impacting a career that was on the rise, but it turned out to be, Uh, a really good thing in terms of what came out of it, which was um, The first thing that came out of it was I read that poem. So I had nothing but a poem. I met uh, In front of 8,500 people at the Savannah Jazz and I read the poem. Well, that poem just really resonated A lot of people were talking about it and when I got back up to um, New York uh, I got phone calls from my next concert, which was in Troy, New York Um, at a big, uh, a beautiful uh, concert hall, Uh, like one of the top concert halls in that region, maybe the top concert hall. And um, the press was asking me, what's going on here? What's this poem? Can you tell me about this poem? And the the people from the concert hall, the promoters were like, are you going to put that to music? So I was like, "Mm," I said, maybe I might. (laughs) And uh, by the day of the concert, I had put it to music. And I basically just put it in front of the musicians. I talked them through it, and I said, "Hey, we're just going to go up there and wing it. And this is going to be our first song, and then we'll go back to our regularly scheduled program." So naturally, we performed the piece. Jazz now it had gone from poem to musical, you know, musical uh, song or whatever you want to call it. And um, uh, the press come, the articles come out, you know, and they are all. Delorada starts out concert with jazz for peace, and they're all, you know. They couldn't keep blah, 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 and it was just all about the jazz for peace thing. It was all about that poem that had now become music. So now already I'm kind of being directed forward with this thing, you know. First it started as a poem. Then it kind of, I'm kind of hinted at, you know, then it became music. And now it's like, you know... He, you know you know now they're kind of launching me a little bit forward with with the articles that came out you know the pre article and the post article you know that came out for this for this concert um, so now I thought well let me do a series of jazz for peace concerts in in, uh, in New York and um, there was a um, there was a youth hostel and it, it was a very strange thing uh, it happened to be. On Duke Ellington Boulevard, you know, named after the great Duke Ellington, and it happened to be called Jazz, Jazz on the Park, not because they knew anything about jazz, but because the owner's name was J-A-Z. That was his name, Jazz. So, but anyway, I'm looking at it like, so I'm visiting a friend on Central Park West where I had used to live, actually. I'm visiting him, and he's telling me about the place. He's say, hey, you know, right around the corner is this place, Jazz on the Park, and they have a little thing downstairs, you know, where they, they do, do little music things. So I just went in there, and I said, hey, you know, you're Jazz on the Park. This is Duke Ellington Boulevard. I want to do a little series of, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I started doing them there, and what I thought was we'll do a few benefit concerts to help some outstanding causes. That'll be a good you know, next step. Um, and now, in between all of that, I had been asking my uh, manager um, to contact the United Nations and tell them that I wanted to do a concert there that featured Israeli, Palestinian, and American jazz musicians. And naturally, she and everyone else thought I was crazy. You know, it was a crazy. I, you know, like. What are you talking about? You know, you're just a you're just a, a musician here. What are you doing here? Trying to save the world or something? So, you know, but anyway, I said, please, just just follow the list. She said, Well, who do I call? I said, just follow follow the leads they give you, see see where it leads. And one day she tells me, Hey, um, you know, this thing, uh, they've looked at all your information and um, they they want to do this thing. So I did a concert at the United Nations where I had A multicultural band, you know, uh, every everyone was from a different country. Um, One of the musicians was from Israel, and one of the musicians was from, you know, technically Palestine, being Lebanon. And um, uh, you know, we sent out we sent out press releases, did what we could do, you know, but people didn't pay a whole lot of attention. Uh, And um, but after the concert, it just started resonating and resonating and resonating. And as the benefit concert series grew, because, uh, you know, it seemed like what would happen was every time I do one of these benefit concerts, the people would write to me and say, hey, you know, you really... uh, you really had a powerful impact on our organization. You know, we have more sponsors now. We have uh, more, uh, our, our donor base is expanding. We got the publicity was incredible for us. Um, you brought in uh, new and prestigious supporters. You know, we got so-and-so or such-and-such knows about us now. So I started to get these letters from the organizations that I was, um, uh, helping and then I started getting letters from very prestigious people the first one was the mayor of New York City and uh, I show up to this event uh, that I'm that I'm playing actually to help a um, it was a a, a a place that for Holocaust survivors and they needed to expand their services and they wanted Jazz for Peace to, to help them with this you know get from where they are now to where they need to be um, And uh, I'm you know with the musicians waiting for that, and I hear my name, I hear this big proclamation being read in my name and jazz for peace, and I'm like, what the hell was that? And I and the other guys are talking and eating food, they're not paying any attention at all. I even tried to get them to pay attention, they were like, not you know, they're like, I'm hey man, I'm concentrating on my you know macaroni and cheese here, so you know, (laughs) I'm uh, but I'm here, like, I gotta find it, and so I said, what the heck, and they said, listen, um, this is from Mayor. Bloomberg, and he just loves what you're doing. You've got to see this letter. We just read it to the audience. And here you go. It's yours. Keep it. It's yours. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, and I was then I started thinking, damn, if he thinks so much of this, who the hell knows, maybe there's more people that might think a lot of this journey that I'm on, you know, so as it started to expand, um, we started to do well, I started to do something like I would notice, you know, um, synergies, you know, Uh, for example, a woman contacted me from um, uh, Chicago, and it was just—I mean, it, I was crying. I was just bawling, listening to her story. Her son had been it was so sad. Her son had been murdered, and it was a brutal, horrific killing. And she, uh, just like anyone does, you know, the victims, the parents of 9/11. Also, I did—I did concerts to help the families of 9/11. So I had—I had to deal with them. And I'm telling you, you know, you—you know how it is. You're obsessed when you lose a loved one, the grief, and you become um as fixated with what happened you know this woman had done a study because they caught the guy and she just was fixated on what led this man to do something so horrible to such a wonderful person do you know what i mean like it was so outrageous there's like there's no rhyme or reason to this kind of behavior and she just studied it well she came to the
2: conclusion
1: that had this man had the arts and culture in his life. He was devoid of arts and culture, and this kind of this had helped to make him a monster. You know, he was devoid of all of the things that. Um, well, I don't want to get. I don't want to digress too much, but I had now I had a quote that was becoming famous that's related to what she's saying. I was interviewed before that concert where i played the jazz for peace music piece that i told you about i was interviewed by by um this uh newspaper and i just happened to say off the top because he wanted what are your thoughts how are you feeling you're from new york you witnessed what happened what i said listen i said um if we fill our soul if we were to fill our souls up with Um, you know, creativity and artistry and individuality and, you know, humanity and things of that nature, we would have a better chance at avoiding the behavior that leads to destruction. Now, I just said that off the top of my head. Well, while I was doing all this stuff, this started to get, um, this started to get picked up by uh, famous quotes websites, you know. A to Z quotes.com famous us. you know, all these little, web- I mean, and I didn't know about them. I didn't really exist. There, there's hundreds of these websites that feature should, famous quotes.
0: I should just Google quotes.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? Um, anybody who does that is very wise because I wasn't, I wasn't very wise at the time, but when I started, uh i would find my name by accident you know being related to these quotes i go to the site and i'm like look at all these quotes by all these great people you know mark twain and this one and that one Uh, aldous huxley i didn't even know who aldous huxley was i was so stupid uh but i read his quotes i'm like this guy's a monster he's predicting the future all the way back and you know i gotta find out more about him and you start finding out and you're inspired you know, you read about these incredible people, you don't want to go out and mangle somebody and eat them or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, that's not what you want to do after you're inspired by these people. So my quote, because it had said that, you know, it was, um, uh, and it kept getting more relevant as we were deteriorating into, you know, war-like behavior, countries not getting along, all of this craziness that was going on. Um, And it, it got, it gained relevance. So anyway, in her... Noticing what I was I'd already said, but what she was noticing in her, you know, in her study of this man, had he been uh, doing what my quote said, had he been uh, embracing, you know, arts and culture and literature and, you know, humanity and intelligence. And do you know what I mean? All of these kinds of qualities. Had he been doing that, this would have never happened. You know what I mean? He would have had a million times better chance of avoiding that behavior. So I'm looking at this situation, and I just said to the woman, as I sometimes do off the top of my head, like you know, to get that quote. Uh, I just said to her, "Listen, because uh, I noticed she's from Chicago. Uh, Barack Obama, that was his jurisdiction. He was a senator. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm gonna go land. I'm. I'm gonna land him for her." Right? I said, "Listen, and I was so emotionally." I said, "I got to do something for this woman." I said, "Listen, I'm gonna um, listen before we're done." Uh, Barack Obama is going to be a supporter of your organization, and we're going to blah blah blah. We're going to grow this empowerment tree, and we're going to do all that stuff. And sure enough, I you know I contacted uh, Barack Obama, and I just said, uh, "Listen, um, I need you to do this. You know, you take a look at this," and he did. He came on board as a supporter of their you know, nonprofit wrote a letter about, you know, just, uh, we have the letter on all these, letters. well, anyway, it's led to all, all kinds of letters from people all over the world, you know, and in other countries, you know, the prime minister of Kenya, you can see all these letters from all of these, uh, prestige, programs. and that's one of the branches of our empowerment tree. And, um, this message, as you know, it's kind of common sense, right? Yeah. Kind of what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, common yeah, yeah. sense. Yeah. But, but we don't, we're not embracing common sense right now because, you know, first and foremost, our media is owned by private companies and they are, you know, selling their products and doing what's in their best interest. Not necessarily. So, you know, uh, I'm reaching people, but, you know, I do these amazing things and I think, oh, the whole world has changed. But no, I get back and everything's the same. Just I, I did something, you know, the people that I affected with that event. You know, I, from their letter, I can see I gave them a helpful step forward. But I was not able to help all the other people that weren't there and still don't know about Jazz for Peace. You know what I mean? Um, so hopefully for, through your, um, you know, through this podcast, someone will say, hey, let me check this out. Because you're just not going to hear it on some on a, on a program that's, you know, being paid by Colgate and Palmolive to get their toothpaste sold.
0: Yeah. Well, and we'll put a link to jazzforpeace.org as well in the in the description Um, Mm -hmm. i also mentioned it in the in the intro that i did Uh, so hopefully we will get some traffic there you also are involved in new life ministries in pakistan can you explain a little bit about that
1: yes oh my god and there we there you go that's a serious faith-based uh initiative right there um so now these are christians in pakistan and man uh they are christians are persecuted in pakistan i hate to say it hope yeah, i mean you probably already know that but for someone who doesn't know it uh it is very sad it's very um it's heartbreaking really is heartbreaking i have to tell you so uh here's what happened um basically we work with anyone who contacts us and that's how i end up in some of the craziest places you could ever imagine in your life one of them being lower pakistan um and what happens is, if you if you contest us, we will work with you. If you, we will help you through the easy steps to get jazz for peace funding wherever. And I am living proof. This event is living proof that it can be done anywhere. And you know, the, it's in, in keeping with our mission. We want to, if you know. A lot of people will say, "Well, I don't. Want, I'm not going to play there until they're a little more peaceful, until they get a regime change." Blah blah blah. No, we actually want. If the worse off you are, the more they need jazz for peace. You need Jasper peace even more than this place because of your predicament. So you know, in keeping with our mission, we're not going to turn anybody down who is in need, is in help. And this amazing story started to come. These people started uh, writing us, communicating. We were writing back. We were just going through. All of the all of the stuff, and it got very difficult because you know it was going to take a lot more than the average um, the average event. You know, I mean, it's it going to take a lot more for Jazz Rep to be able to do this in Pakistan than, let's say, an event that we had recently done in Columbus, Ohio. You know, yeah, uh, just a lot different. So we're kind
0: and a lot of more at security a, probably too.
1: Well, security <laughs> was an issue. So one of the issues. Um, so so at some point in this. Because we were trying to pull it together, and I'm trying to help the organization confirm their event with funds already raised for them. It's hard to do in Pakistan because one, they have issues with their currency, and number two, um, you know, the, the the people are very poor because they're beaten down. You know, they're they're under siege, really. I mean, their churches were being bombed. Um, the event had to be moved like four times until finally it had to be they said we can't have it in this church because uh, uh, it's, uh it's terrorist blah 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 we moved it to this church. then they said we can't have it in any church no church so it had to be held at this other place that had very high security um and i had to stay at that place because that was the only place they told me that we could secure your safety mm. uh i was put in a car that had, you, you normally, you'd have to be um, Al Capone to get into this car. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> it had the tinted windows, you know what the I armor mean?
0: Armor plating and all that.
1: It did. You <laughs> yeah. could see, like, you could not see in. You could see out, though. I could see out. But they could they, they could no one could see me. And I'm in this car. And I had recently been to, um, I had recently been to Kathmandu, Nepal. And so that's regional. For Pakistan, and they were excited that I had Pakistani clothes. Kind of, you know, because I mean? they were nep- Nepalese clothes, but it was close enough. And they said, "Oh, that's so good! We'll put those clothes on, and this is what this is what we're going to do." They told me it was at a meeting. We're going to put you in this car. We're going to take you to these schools. These kids are going to go nuts. They've been hearing about you. They've been waiting. Back. And by the way, YouTube was blocked in Pakistan, so we that they had to surprise go me. Yeah, (laughs) they had to go to Vimeo to get information on me. And I had to upload something. If I wanted something that, you know, to see something, I had to take it off or I had to get it off of YouTube and reload it onto Vimeo so that I could send it to them. Things like that, you know, roundabout ways to get them the information and the videos. They said these kids are dying to, you know, for you to meet them and play with them. And I would just, so they would take the car, it was armored and they would drive it and they would say, and while they're driving, I'm looking out and I'm taking little pictures out the window. And if, if you ever watch the video live in Pakistan video at the very end you see, I you can see all these pictures I took just pictures out the armored car where nobody could see me. They said, listen, you're going to get out of this car by the time anyone even knows you're Western or hasn't even has you know it, all, everything's going to go too fast for any any anything to happen. You know what I mean? That's their. Uh, We're going to be around you. You're going to have these clothes on. By the time people, you know, you know what I mean? It's all going to, you're going to be in the place so fast. So anyway, I get out of the armored car. I'm with these people. We go into the school. The kids are just throwing, you know, um, uh, flowers all over me and embracing me. And I, you know, they had a little keyboard and i play music for them. And we'd sing and we'd play. And I go out and I go to another school. And um, there's so many illiterate people in Pakistan that this organization teaches the Christian mothers how to read because there's too many kids and then the mothers now become school teachers per se teaching all of the kids of the other mothers you know what i mean all, all of the kids all all of the kids so so the mothers by teaching the mothers to to read the mothers now can teach the kids that we can't reach with the classrooms because there's not enough there's too many that kind of thing so um yeah so i go in there and um you know, I do all that. At the end of that day, they had a big dinner for me. And I it was, I remember eating the best rice I ever had in my life. I don't know why it was so good, but it was the best I ever had in my life. And it was the food was really good. It was all homemade food, Pakistani food. And um, I was really tired. And I, I told them, I was like, oh, my God, I'm just... Because all of the... You know, Pakistan is not... It's a long flight to Pakistan. I mean, so I was just... I had jet lag, and I just kind of passed out. And they said, well, we have to go do some things. Um, we'll come back and get you. And, you know, I didn't know where I was. You cannot go out and like, Hey, taxi, take me to the, you know, you yeah. can't do that. There's nothing. People are riding around. People are riding like um donkeys, you know, they're riding around on things. You know what I mean? You so can't it's not New York. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like nothing I ever saw really. Um, you could, I could not like, just walk out of this place and like navigate myself back to any place, to nothing. Believe me. Um, you were in a very foreign you know atmosphere. So I fall asleep, I woke, I wake up. it's pitch black in this room. Um, I hear strange noises outside. There's a curtain where there should be a window. I don't know what happened to the window, but it's kind of a curtain. So I wasn't really that secure. Um, I You know, I I I went to look for some people there was only one person in this uh, Room, I mean in this house and that person spoke no English So I just had to wait wait it out Uh, after like three hours now, it's getting up near midnight, I think and um, I'm two people come in with a cake and they start eating the cake and I come out to see them and they want to give me some cake. They're celebrating their anniversary, and uh, I said, "Well, are uh, do you are you coming?" I try to you know see if I get some kind of a like, are they coming to do? they know who I am? He said, "Yes, we know who you are. We're coming to the event because we love your music." I said, "Well, how do you know about my music?" Well, one of our favorite songs is the song you wrote, and you know somehow they got it. Like I said, not not through YouTube, and so um, anyway, that was a good sign, and then after the cake and all that the people came back and they came back i said man you guys were gone for a long time they said we have this proclamation they said if we hadn't got this proclamation you wouldn't have even been able to do the performance so it was a big long thing from the city of lahore that said you can't do this you can't do that you can't do that you know they were so worried about any kind of you know what i mean yeah anything happening uh so but what i wanted to tell you the reason i went to pakistan was ultimately because we were at a crossroads and there was we we didn't we didn't have what it was going to take to make this work. They were unable to complete the steps that you know enable an organization to confirm their event with funds already raised for them, like we do for everyone else. They were like halfway there or three quarters away the there. They couldn't get over the hump. Some guy who works at a Walmart in Seattle, something like that. He had been researching. His passion. See, everyone has one of these passions. That's what I love about the synergy of Jazz for Peace and anyone. Somebody has something that they're passionate about, that they believe in, and he believes in literacy for children. That's his thing. So he had studied the situation in Pakistan, and he had concluded that the best organization out there to address literacy for his buck is Jazz for Peace. Because of... The publicity and awareness, the all, the all the things on the empowerment tree, so he became the sponsor that enabled them to complete, you know, the easy step requirements. A guy, other, and he is just—I mean, he is a faith-based, you know, a, a, a Christian. So. This whole thing was very faith-based. Uh, I, it was—it was a miracle, actually. If you ask me, it was—it was, you know, it was just incredible. And the organization is still; they are still in touch with me.
0: So you talk about the tree a little bit yes. uh, for Jasper Peace. Could you explain how that that tree works and and, and what your your overall uh, goal is for that?
1: Yes. So uh, one thing we found with any outstanding cause, okay, they're always. They're always stressed out because they have the same, they're going to the same well for water, they're same donors. They have these supporters and people that believe in them, but those people are kind of exhausted because they always have to go to them all the time, you know, for help, for assistance to keep them afloat. Um, so they, they need to expand their donor base, you know? Um, they, they, they always, they need sponsors. They need publicity and awareness. They need new and prestigious supporters, and they need fundraise. They need to learn fundraising, all right. The many different techniques that are involved in fundraising, and of course they need to they need to raise funds. They're underfunded, um, so all of these are what become branches of an empowerment tree. So you know, a lot of organizations. Uh, first of all, what we want to do is separating the wheat from the chaff, okay, uh, as the Bible says. Our way of doing that is to find the organizations that are truly the most, the ones that really put their mission statement first. In other words, they're putting achievement above profit. You know, if their goal is for children to read, that's more important to them than, you know, in uh, enriching their own personal, you know, bank accounts or anything like that. You know what I mean? Their goal yeah. is to reach their mission. And that's what it's supposed to be in philanthropy. You know, it's supposed to be achievement before profit. And the bottom line is that's where the success is. Because for whatever reason, as soon as you put a profit before achievement, your achievement goes down the tubes. Maybe your profits go up, but you don't achieve really anything in terms of your mission. So a lot of, so the first thing to do is separate the wheat from the chaff. A lot of nonprofits, a whole lot of them uh, are uh, people that are um, they're, they're flawed in one way or another. For example, um, some some nonprofits are people that are really just trying to uh, make themselves look better in the community for their for-profit business. You know what I mean? So they they're, they're, they're trying to, they're, they're using the nonprofit just for their image. You follow me? They're not yeah. really... And and so and the public's easy to fool. So instead of really doing all the things that they say they want to do, they put on a little dog and pony show here and there, you know, uh, just for people to see, and that, that helps their image. So the nonprofit's existing to help their image. Other people, okay, just don't understand the idea of empowerment, enlightenment, these concepts, and they just think if you give us money... You'll solve all 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 the problems of the world can be solved by throwing money at it. Okay, so those are two examples of flawed Organizations, you know, what we want to do is Show uh, everyone that we work with and people who who you know um, uh, Review jazz for peace and check us out that it's really about empowerment Uh, Money is one branch of the tree. So basically it starts with the roots the roots of the tree and everything's about a tree before you even get to the roots you it starts with a comment uh, those little seedlings that spin around you never see those in the, in the fall and then they fall to the ground yeah. from a tree okay we have it's in a our backyard. Seed- <laughs> you got them in your backyard it's a seedling it's a seedling. Well for jazz for peace those seedlings are comments. Those are just people that reviewed what Jazz for Peace was doing. They watched a couple of our videos, or they reviewed our, we have a a little Fast Facts, it's only 20 seconds long, you can click on that. And basically, you can go to a a page called jazzforpeace.org forward slash knowthefunder.pdf. And you could just go there, knowthefunder.pdf, and click on it, and you click on our Fast Facts for 20 seconds if you want. That'll give you enough information right there to make a comment and just send it to us by email. And that's a seedling, okay? Uh, Hopefully people will look at that in 20 seconds and say, wow, I can't believe they've done all this and I never heard of them. I don't know why uh, Fox or CNN never told me about them, but oh my goodness, look at this. Uh, Let me check out this. Oh, what's that they're doing? What's this in Pakistan? What's that over there? Whoa, the Rwanda, you know, and they check out stuff. That's even better. Now you've got a little bit of knowledge. Now you say your own honest comment, whatever it is you want to say. It could be, hey, you guys really need to come to, you know, you need to come over here to Tuscaloosa. There's a, I'm involved with this wonderful organization. I really think you guys can make a difference. It could be as simple as that, you know. It could be a few words. It could be a sentence. They send it to us. That's a seedling. We take that comment and we turn it into funds for their outstanding cause. And here's how we do it. After they've made their comment, we will then take that comment and shape it into a letter that that explains what we want to how we want to take this comment and turn it into funds for this outstanding cause. Okay? So we do work with them. We we we'll make the letter. We send it to them. How is that? Is that okay? What do you think of that? Sometimes they'll say, Well, you know, I'd like to change this sentence, or uh, you know, could you add my could you add my email address to the bottom? Whatever they say. We fix it. Great, you're happy? Great. Okay, now you take that letter and you share that with, if you're, if, you're an, if you're a non-profit, you'll share it with your board members. You know what I mean? Um, let's say you're a musician. You'll share it with your band members. You know what I mean? Let's say you're, you know, whoever you are, you'll share it with those people that, you're, that are your team members. You know, your team members and your supporters, you know? And then you'll want to share it with your friends, maybe your family. Hey, and they'll all do the same thing that you just did. They'll look and say, "What the heck? How did I? I never. This is, and they're gonna help you. Whoa, okay. You know what? I would. I would love for you to for Jasper for Peace to come and make a difference for my friend so and so, or for this outstanding. That can be their sentence. You see what I mean? Everyone gives their little comments. Now that seedling is growing into roots. You see what I'm saying? Now, from here, to complete those roots, we can expand it. And what we do then is we simply. Take a, a few of the most enthusiastic people of them. Sometimes they're the board members, or hopefully they are. If they're hopefully they're board members that are serving that board, not sitting on the board but serving it as well. And they say, you know what? I've had friends. I've had. I, I love this cause, and I go to. You know, I I try to tell them on Wednesday a bowling, and they just don't get it. You know, they're too interested in getting a strike, or you know, they're they're a royal flush at bridge. I can't get this. I'll tell you what. I'm going to show them this letter. And we're going to invite them. Now, these people all become VIP guests of honor at the event. So they're getting the red carpet treatment at this event. The, the people who become the roots, they're the VIP guests of honor at a world-class cultural event. So they bring their friends and family or whatever. They use that letter and invite their friends. And now we have the full set of roots. This enables us to confirm the event for that outstanding cause, at no cost to them. By the way, putting on an event can be costly and risky financially. Yeah,
0: same with so, podcasting. Know-
1: <laughs> exactly, so you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's, it's and so now we've got them already an event that didn't cost them anything, and they've got some money that's in their bank account already for them to start doing the services they need. You know? Um, you, for some reason, really, because this is face-based, you reminded me of an organization called Cardinal Bevelacqua. They are a, a Christian organization in Philadelphia, and they had wanted to make their uh, their ch- church um, they wanted to make their church uh, accessible, uh, handicap accessible, for their par- parishioners. They had people in wheelchairs, this, that, and the other, and they wanted to you know uh, reconstruct areas of the church to make it uh, more uh, accessible for th- their par- their parish. Well, they were able to start this work, even though we didn't have the event. Because just confirming the event, some of the funds were able to get them started on these you know, wheelchair ramps and things that they wanted to do that were part of their goal. Right. So while that's going on, now we have all these VIP guests of honor that are coming to this event. OK. And that's already word of mouth publicity. But, you know, that's really all we're just calling that is the roots. You know, we put on a special kind of meet and greet for them, make them feel special. They come into, sometimes they come in a special entrance. They go to a special area of the venue, the back room or something like that. Um, and, you know, they all meet and they hobnob and they network and all that kind of stuff for a little while. And then, you know, then we have the event. But um, those are the roots. Now we've got a confirmed event. Guess what we can do with a confirmed event? We can go after local business sponsors and a lot of these organizations they don't they're not doing enough in the community even if they're doing some you're never doing enough you know so we're able to get hey you know this is what's going on we've got all we've we've got all these people already attending we have the event confirmed you we need you to be on the you know on the uh, the flyers and all that stuff you know your business and they're looking at it like hey this is something that looks like it's going to be good for my business. I mean, they looking at Jazz for Peace. Jazz for Peace has done 800, over 850 of these events already. They can, if they want to, they can watch videos of other events. They can see for themselves this is not a bad deal for us, you know. And they get to be VIPs and come to the, you know, to the event. So now we get, the, now they have local business sponsors. Hopefully, by the time we're through with them, they will, they will be friends and sponsors of them permanently. That's our goal. You follow me? But that's yeah. branch number two, local sponsors. Um, and we get a lot of them. And, um, you know, it's a shame because I have an event coming up, and we have a flyer. And if I show you that flyer, I'm going to show it to you. One second. All right. Let me get to – let me get – first, I'm going to – I have it. All right, so, so – that's number two. Now that you've got an event and you have sponsors and you have to publish, we want to publicize those sponsors and really make them so excited that they got on board with this. So now you can publicize the event. Jazz for Peace finds its way onto, you know, if you if you click on that empowerment tree is interactive, so you can click on branch three. If you click on it, it goes to me on NBC. Talking about an organ. I'm on NBC television and I'm talking about an organization that's never even been on the radio You know what I mean? And they're doing great things but like wow you got us on you know So that's publicity awareness from there and that could be anything it can be radio it can be print It can be word of mouth. It can be you know, all of that stuff combined is publicity. That's a branch now number four now with all this happening number four you can approach a nationwide company, you know what I'm saying? Because you've got so many things in place that they're going to miss out if they don't get involved. you know what I mean? I mean, for example, Whole Foods, even before, the, now they're Amazon, but before they were, uh, even year for going back many years, they were almost, as I said, if you go over to Whole, at this point, if you go over there, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to say, yeah, we want in, you know, and they would. And so I'm just, you know, but I'm just saying it could be anyone. It could be Dom Perignon champagne, you know, they... um. And, and they are they have them sponsor uh so you get those names that are recognizable those are the bigger names now you can get those from there you can go to new and prestigious supporters which this organization is working on now we're working with them we work see we work together with them on all these branches so guess what they're getting they're getting all this knowledge that they can carry forward you see what i mean from yeah. the experience from us now is I mean look at all these. Spot- I don't know if you can see the bottom of this. I don't know. Okay, look oh, at the yeah. bottom. Look. Yeah. Those are sponsors. All of those people, and I think, I think there's a there's a new one. Um. Uh, uh. All right. This, this one. Yeah. I mean. Okay. That's an old one. They had more sponsors since then have come on board. Look at, now it's Oh, two, Now you've got two rows. <laughs> yeah, there's two rows of sponsors on this thing. So you see what I'm saying? Um. Yeah, I mean, this, or, now this is an event coming up and it's in Nigeria. So oh, oh. this person in Abuja, Nigeria, I've never been there. It'll be my ninth trip to to. Um, Africa. My ninth trip to Africa. I'm very jealous
0: of that. I want to go to Africa. Originally, my wife and I were going to be, we wanted to be missionaries in uh, orphanages in Africa and uh, my my health prevented that from happening and uh, you know, God obviously had other plans, podcasting. Now I reach Africa through radio, so that's kind of (laughs) cool.
1: Well, you're going to reach it through Jazz for Peace. I wouldn't, it would not surprise me at all if our thing here leads you to Africa. I would not... I tell you, I have seen it all. I've seen so much crazy stuff. So uh, you never know. Just the fact that you you want to do that. I mean, see, what we are, we are the way for those who have the will. That's what we are. We're the way for those who have the will. So you just never know where this is going to lead as you learn more about what we do. And um, you're good people from... Africa are gonna be watching your show. Just so you know, uh, I that's that's a that's a slam dunk. I mean, yeah. I met a, I, We're I in met thirty-five countries yesterday.
0: right now, so yeah, okay. we've got Africa, South Africa, Asia. There's there's tons of places. It's it's been amazing to see the growth, honestly.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, so uh, then you know, don't be surprised because with Jazz for Peace, um, if you want to help an outstanding cause, once you identify that outstanding cause to us and if they are interested if they've watched our videos guess what they can do they can send us a comment see what i'm saying yeah they can just send us a comment and our team will start working with them for uh,
2: i'll just you put know, that out a, there
1: i'll just put yeah, this out I mean, there
0: the, the podcast definitely could use some some funds
1: well just i well <laughs> listen it, it starts, it, listen, it, this is how easy it could start. Uh, this is, see, this is historic, I don't know, historic event in a future. I don't know if you can see it, but anyway, people can go to our website or whatever and learn about it. But, uh, well, you'll be able to learn a lot about this as, it, as we go on, because uh, it's going to be, I believe it's going to be um, Worldwide Cybercast. So it's going to be, yeah, there's a lot of stuff involved with this event. Um, but uh, what you can do. In all honesty, um, after the show, you could just say, "Hey, I, blah, 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 you send us a comment, and we will sh- we will send you the next step, and you can just you know look at it and see if it is something. You know what I mean? You can just go through the steps. I mean, well, you know, we'll take you through the steps. Uh, like I said, we have the way. If you have the will, we have the way.
0: Awesome. That's how it works. Well." Thanks for coming on. I've really enjoyed this. It's been very enlightening, um, and uh, thanks for playing your song for us. It was it was beautiful. Great pleasure, to it. So, thank you again. Um, we'll have to have you back on uh, another time. Maybe you can talk about some more events that that, that you've hosted. So, uh, it's been a been a pleasure.
1: Yeah, we can expand on this now we got. This is their little. This is our foundation, and we can expand on it the next time.
0: Yeah, for sure. I look forward great. to that.
1: Okay. Thank you so much for everything. We enjoyed it.
0: You're very welcome. You have just been listening to an interview with Rick DeLarada from Jazz for Peace, and they can be found at jazzforpeace.org, and uh, they are a great organization that uh, provides funding for organizations and companies out there that uh, need the attention and need the help, and uh, they are there to give that help and uh, provide the education and the means to achieve their goals so thank you for tuning in to Cool Explorations this is Tony Peters signing off well I have just been uh, blessed with so many people who are requesting to be on the show and I'm impressed with how many people want to share their testimonies or what they're doing uh, for the Lord right now uh, if I haven't got back to you I promise I will get back to you uh, I look forward to, to speaking with each of you and interviewing you And, uh, keep tuning into the show. There's lots of of new people that are coming on here. And if you're considering uh, wanting to, to come on the show, uh, just shoot me an email at tpeters745 at gmail.com and, uh, I will get back to you.